to episode 16 of the Legacy Video Lounge. I'm your host, Steve Pender. I'm a personal historian and video biographer and president of Family Legacy Video Incorporated in Tucson, Arizona. You can visit Family Legacy Video on the web at familylegacyvideo.com. In this episode, I'm going to do something completely different. I'm going to tell you a story. And I'll get started right after this. Ah, the wine at the table saw, the sweet smell of that sawdust, and the tap of a hammer on the nail. My dad's a woodworking ace. Now his grandkids will learn their grandpa's more than just a guy who built our dining room table. Thanks to Family Legacy Video. Now you can share your life stories in a custom legacy video your family will cherish. To learn more, visit FamilyLegacyVideo.com or call 520-743-4090. That's 520-743-4090. FamilyLegacyVideo.com. You know, in these podcasts up until this point, I've spent time talking about the benefits and virtues of preserving and sharing, uh, celebrating life stories on video and also on audio and and talking about tips and techniques and you know just all aspects of uh, preserving life stories in in these two mediums but you know I thought I thought I'd indulge myself in this episode I'm always uh, in the course of this career helping uh, other folks tell their stories and this time around I'm going to tell you a story I hope you enjoy it. And this harkens back to my childhood. And it's a story that involves summer and wiffle ball and uh, finishing a game under the lights. So here we go. Now, I was born in uh, North Carolina. My dad was doing a hitch at Fort Bragg. He was in the Army. And when I was three, he finished up, and my mom and dad moved back to New Jersey. They had grown up in in a city called Elizabeth. And they bought a house in a neighboring town called Rawway. It was a little bungalow on a corner lot, which was nice. Uh, It was a mature neighborhood at that time. This would have been 1959. And uh, it was built, the house itself was built in 1929. Nice corner lot, mature trees all around, uh, small place, you know, unfinished basement, we had a porch as you went through the front door. At some point, it wasn't closed, and you know the uh, just a, a paneled and knotty pine. And then uh, you'd go through another door, and then small room, small living room, small dining room, a couple of small bedrooms in the back, little kitchen, and a single bathroom, and an unfinished attic. And so that was our our little universe, in addition to. Uh, our our yard, and it was nice to have that side yard and uh, and our neighborhood. Uh, my parents bought the house from uh, from Mrs. Evans. She was a widow at that point, and uh, she and her husband were the first residents of the house. Mr. Evans, I found out, had planted. We had three trees, three nice oak trees along the side of the yard. Uh, I never thought it was very nice in the fall when they drop all their leaves, but the rest of, <laughs> rest of the year it was nice having having the shade. And they were nicely evenly spaced because Mr. Evans had planned in his retirement to, uh, to string up hammocks uh, from these trees and just while away his time. And unfortunately, he didn't survive till retirement, and, uh, and so 
uh, he never got to, to swing in, in those, those hammocks. But we had the nice trees that, that resulted from that. And also a nice big maple tree in the front yard surrounded by a raised bed uh, with a stone border. So uh, lots of trees uh, for climbing, and we did quite a bit of that. And our neighborhood was filled with kids. I mean, we had lots of kids our age, give or take a few years. And during the summers, we'd all gather. Uh, somehow, we all, uh, for the most part, we all managed to migrate to our side street. Now, Thomas Place, uh, when we moved into the house, and I still have a picture or two showing this, was just a dirt road. Now, Church Street was paved. Thomas Place wasn't. And I think it was a couple of years maybe after we moved to Thomas Place that it did get paved. And I remember the city coming through and just kind of lopping off uh, a foot or two of our yard and, uh, and paving Thomas Place. So that, that in my young life was a, was a big event. Um, and I remember that pretty well. And, you know, memory, I'm going to take a little sidetrack. Memory is kind of a funny thing, isn't it? My memories seem to begin uh, just at, uh, at the tail end of, of my third year. Uh, I can remember standing in my, uh, in my bedroom and then looking into the closet. I, I don't know what, what I was looking for or why, but and thinking, boy, I'm going to be four. So, you know, this was in the fall, must have been shortly before my fourth birthday, and, and, and that's just one of my earliest memories. Another early memory, which, which would have occurred about then, we, uh, we had lived when we were on, uh, on a near the, the Fort Bragg base in a, a series of trailers. And when we moved up to, to New Jersey, we brought uh, our trailer with us, and that had been parked for a while in our backyard till we managed to sell it off. And I could just remember running out one day in the backyard and there was this kind of neat trailer and running all through it and exploring it as if I'd never seen it before. But of course, I'd grown up there, so it was kind of funny, but uh, just just kind of crazy the way memory works. But those are two of my earliest memories. Anyway, on to Thomas Place. So uh, it, it seemed like every summer we would adopt some kind of a new game, you know, with all the kids in the neighborhood. It would, might be kickball one year. I remember playing game after game of badminton another year. Um, what else? Of course, you know, riding our bikes and racing around the block. Uh, you know, we would do these things constantly. But for, I would say probably for a summer or two, we uh, got into wiffle ball. And... Uh, I'm, I, I don't know if you know of Wiffle Ball. Uh, I, I know there's, the Wiffle Ball company still exists, uh, does pretty well, and it's, it's, it was basically plastic ball and bat baseball. So we'd have these yellow bats, yellow plastic bats, and the Wiffle Balls, which were white plastic with holes cut into them. And so depending on how you held the ball and threw it and whatever spin you put on it, you could make the ball do all sorts of wild and crazy things, you know. Uh, dropping and curving and spinning and and all that neat kind of stuff. And of course, the nice thing about uh, the plastic ball and bat was that you really couldn't do a whole lot of damage. You know, the the ball was light, so you know if it happened to glance off a car or something, 
no big deal. The only exception to that, we had a neighbor on the other side of Thomas Place, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Daly. Uh, Mr. Daly was retired by that time from the, the railroad. He'd been in the Navy as well, because I, I remember his, uh, his eagle tattoo. But he would plant, uh, they had, a, they had a, a, a chain link fence. Just outside the chain link fence, he created a, a flower bed, and he would plant tulips in there. During the course of uh, our wiffle ball games, we'd, we managed to irritate Mr. Daly occasionally because, you know, there'd be a, a foul ball once in a while, and invariably we'd take the head off of one of those tulips. So I don't know how many he'd start the summer with, but by the end of the summer there were a number of decapitated uh, tulip stalks, and he wasn't terribly happy about that. But, you know, we didn't do it on purpose. We were kids. What did we know? But we would play game after game after game of wiffle ball. And of course, of course, they'd be raucous and we'd get into arguments about who was safe and what was foul and what wasn't, you know. And, uh, and we would just do this constantly through the course of the summer. <laughs> I'm sure the Dailies and some of the other older neighbors loved it. But, uh, but that was our thing. And it kept us out of trouble. Well, you know, those summer days would then extend into the evenings. And, you know, I, there was just something about a summer evening at that time in New Jersey. I mean, if you lived in that part of the country, humidity was king. You know, you'd walk out of the house and it would be like walking into a wall. You know, the humidity was so great. But but as you got into the evening, uh, that humidity, it would just kind of close in. There'd be a just a neat calm in the air. That's the best I could describe it. Kind of the opposite of what you'd get in a heavy snowfall. Well, things where things would just kind of, kind of be quiet, like right after a heavy snowfall, because the snow would absorb the sound. Uh, I, I kind of found the closeness of summer nights in in New Jersey like that in a way. And uh, the neat thing also was that the evening would just slowly settle in and, you know, we'd be playing an extended game, getting into the late innings and, and suddenly you'd realize, gee, it's getting a little hard to see the ball, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then we'd manage to finish before it became totally dark. And, uh, and most of the time I have to say we managed to finish. Now, there was one time we needed a little help and that's kind of what this, this story was about. Just uh, next to our house, uh, on the same block, we had a family and called the Lewises. Great people. Mr. and Mrs. Lewis, they had uh, two sons, uh, Glenn and John. And, uh, and they were very friendly and very kid-friendly, especially. Uh, you know, we got along really well with them. And, you know, they were kind of kids, especially Glenn and, and Mr. Lewis were kind of kids at heart as well. In fact, they'd get involved in some of our, our wiffle ball games. And I know Glenn would kill us in snowball fights during the winter. It was not, it was not fun to go up against Glenn in a snowball fight. <laughs> he was about, I would say... Uh, least 10 to 12 years older than we were, I would say. So sufficient uh, difference in ages. So they were involved in a particularly long-running wiffle game with us one night, and the evening and the darkness were closing in. And we had managed to finish the first half of the last inning, and then it just 
it just became too dark. So we were in a quandary. You know, what do we do? You know, we've, we've got to give the, the other team its last ups. We can't see anymore. Do we try to get together the next day? And Glenn and Mr. Lewis said, wait a minute. They went over, uh, started their cars, okay, drove them over, parked them at the head of our street. So, you know, the nice thing about Thomas Place being a side street, there wasn't a whole lot of traffic. And uh, so they parked their cars at the head of the street, blocking it essentially, turned on their headlights, and they came back, and (laughs) we finished under the lights there on that side street in our neighborhood in New Jersey. And uh, I don't remember who all won, but after that, we all scampered back to our respective houses, and that was the end of that particular game. But just a just a great memory uh, of a summer night and a rowdy game, finishing under the lights. Thanks to thanks to our great neighbors, and uh, and that's it. And that's that little story that I just I don't know felt like uh, felt like talking about. And 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 by way of demonstration, perhaps showing you the kinds of stories that you might tell, should you decide you wanted to create. Uh, a legacy video, or as you know, this is audio, a legacy audio biography just filled with with some of your great stories. And if you want to do that, feel free to give me a call or shoot me an email. We'd be more than happy to work with you. So that's my little story, and, and that's it for this segment of the Legacy Video Lounge. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to me at steve at familylegacyvideo.com. And if you like the podcast, I invite you to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Steve Pender, reminding you that everyone has a story. Isn't it time you told yours? (laughs) 